Good morning, everyone. Uh, we have been talking about how spiritual disciplines help us to become better connected to God. And I want to say that I'm grateful for the conversations, the emails, uh, the phone calls that I've had uh, with you over the past few weeks as we've begun to talk about these things. And it's really a confirmation for me that getting back to these simple practices, these foundational tools, uh, is really important for us at this time and this place that a lot of us are in our lives. So we've been talking about how spiritual disciplines in particular are, are tools to help keep us connected to God. And we start down the road of using disciplines to connect to God by recognizing that one of the biggest obstacles to us effectively growing through spiritual practices is our negative relationship with time. I'm going to continue saying this point uh, every week because until we begin to take time for God, we're going to constantly feel uh, distance and behind in our relationship with him. We have to take time to be quiet and listen for the voice of God. We recognized early on that there is a door between God and us. And sometimes we are going to God's door and knocking and God promises us that when we do so, he will answer. But the other side of the coin is that God is also standing outside of our door and knocking, wanting to come in. So a principle that we have been talking about is that in our relationship with God, it cannot be all about us talking, asking, needing, requesting, that we have to take time to listen to God and to hear what he has to say to us. In order to listen, we have to make time first and foremost for quiet. We need to quiet our mind, quiet our hearts, and listen for God knocking at our door. So I challenged you to take time for quiet before God, and hopefully you've been able to find time to do that, and we have been blessed by it. Last week, uh, we talked about how important it is to stay connected to God through His Word. Uh, God's Word is both instructive, in that it tells us things we should and should not do, and it is descriptive. It illustrates the nature of our relationship with God and His love for us. And we use the analogy of a plant, that God's word to us is like water to a plant. A plant needs a great deal of water and rich soil in order to stay healthy and strong. So we too need to stay watered by the word of God, to stay connected to him by paying attention to the things that he tells us so that we can be spiritually healthy and formed into the kinds of people that he wants us to be. And the flip side of that coin is that if we are not connected to him, if, if we're not connected to the source, the water that we need, then we are not going to grow. Instead, we will dry up and blow away. Therefore, when we read the Bible, we need to uh, look at the study of the Bible, not only as learning something, but as getting to know someone. Studying the Word of God uh, helps us to know who God is, and it helps us to know ourselves in relationship with Him. Okay, so these are the tools that hopefully we are starting to uh, use and, 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 and put into our lives if, if we haven't been doing so. Uh, time for silence, time for study. Today, we are going to explore the discipline of prayer. Now, 
there's always a challenge when you talk about prayer. Number one, you've heard probably a million sermons about prayer. And there's no way that I can adequately cover prayer in one sermon. Uh, in his book on prayer, Richard Foster describes 21 different kinds of prayer, each with its own purpose and use within the kingdom. Now, what this tells us is that prayer is not only an important part of our spiritual life, but it also serves a multitude of purposes when it comes to how we communicate with God. So there's just a couple of basic things that I want to cover about prayer with you today. The first thing we need to understand is that prayer is an intentional conversation between God and us. Um, it's, It's not like two strangers meeting on a bus who strike up a conversation because there's nothing else to do. Can you believe the weather? Is that a good book? Have you heard about what happened? Instead, prayer is a deeply relational exercise. It's a conversation between someone who loves God and the God who deeply loves them in return. An intentional conversation between two people who want to understand one another. Prayer gives us the opportunity to reveal ourselves to God, while at the same time, we are striving to know Him more deeply. Now, there are a lot of passages in the Bible that point to the deeply personal nature of prayer. One that we're going to look at this morning is Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, in this passage, we are given an example of how prayer can be used and misused. First, the negative example. Uh, Let's be clear, Jesus was not upset that the Pharisee was praying in public. This is not some sort of statement about whether one can pray in public or not. Instead, Jesus was upset about what the Pharisee was doing with the public prayer. This man was not praying in an effort to communicate personally with God. He was not trying to know God or be known by God. Instead, he was praying to be seen by others. And being seen by others was the only reward that he would get because basically his prayer was empty. Jesus' advice, go and pray in a closet. Now, it seems a little bit strange, go and pray in a closet, but what Jesus is saying is that the point of prayer should be for you to come to know God and for God to come to know you. If you are praying for people to see you or to hear your many words, then you are not focused on knowing God, though you are telling God a lot about who you are. Conversely, If you are praying in a closet where there is no one, only you and God, 
There was no one to see. There was no one to hear. There was no one to impress. Then the conversation becomes just about you and God, and you were doing it for the right reasons. And, and don't go on babbling. You don't have to. You don't have to use all the words. You can speak simply and plainly to God. So what does all of this tell us? It tells us that God wants something real from us in our prayers. Therefore, they should be genuine and relational. You don't need to impress other people. You don't even need to impress God. But we need to make time to have these conversations. And it strikes me that you don't end up in the closet to pray on accident. You have to mean to be there. Now, you've probably already heard this in the comments that I've made, but let's narrow this down a little bit further. There are two primary purposes of prayer that I want us to focus on this morning. Prayer helps us to know God. And prayer, in turn, helps God to know us. So, how does prayer help us to know God? Through opening ourselves up to a conversation with God, we open ourselves up to knowing Him more fully. Let's look at the passage that we looked at last week when we talked about the study of God's Word from Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. This passage describes a deep internalization of who God is, a very personal knowledge of God. And this is accomplished through a relationship with the Word. But you get the feeling through these, this passage that it's not just that this person has read the Word. And instead, there's more going on there. The person is reading the Word, but then he or she meditates on it day and night. They think about it. They internalize it. They consider uh, how the word influences their lives. They begin to apply it in different ways, seeing how they can live out these things that God has described. They come to know God better because they are concentrating on who he is and thinking about what it is that he has told them. Now, what's being described here is an ongoing interaction with God. It is a formative conversation. So if we are taking time to study the Word of God and we are internalizing it and we are meditating on it day and night, it is going to lead us to have conversations with God about who He is and this will influence uh, us. It will influence our lives as we seek His will. As we come to know God better, as we meditate on Him, as we begin to align ourselves with Him, prayer is the tool that begins to personally connect what we've seen in the Word to our lives and how we live it. Listen to this passage about prayer to maybe help us flesh out a little bit more. From 1 John chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. 
I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If we ask according to his will, he hears us, and we can know that we will have what we ask. Now, this is a huge if-then statement. The point is not that you will get whatever you pray for. Instead, it says, if this happens, then this will happen. We can have full confidence in prayer, knowing that we will get what we are praying for if we are praying according to the will of God. Now, we've struggled with this over time. In fact, sometimes it has stripped the power away from our prayers. But this is not supposed to or is not describing a scenario where we guess if we are praying the right thing or concluding that it wasn't the right thing based on how our prayer is answered. Instead, the assertion is that we can know the will of God and then we can pray positively through his will. So how do we know the will of God? Well, we've already talked about ways. We spend time in quiet listening for him. We spend time in his word being watered and strengthened by him. And then we have conversation with him in prayer where we ask him to come and be God in our lives as we continue to be changed by him. Uh, Prayer is the place where we wrestle with what he wants for us and how to enact it in our lives. If, if study is the place where, where we learn about the will of God, prayer is the place where we engage the will of God in our hearts and in our minds. It's where the rubber meets the road. So the first thing that we need to understand about prayer is that prayer is a relational tool that helps us through conversation to know God in a deeper way, to reach out to him, to ask him to shape us and mold us, to pay attention to the things that God is doing in our lives, to talk to him about it. But prayer also helps God to know us better. Now, again, this is a concept we've struggled with a little bit as well. Doesn't God know everything? Yes. Doesn't he know our hearts? Yes. Doesn't Jesus read people's minds? Uh, Yes. Doesn't he know us better than we know ourselves? Yes. Then how does prayer help him to know us better if he already knows us as well as he can? Well, we are invited to pray by by our God because he really wants to have the conversation with us. Let that sink in for just a second. God wants to have a conversation with you. God wants to know you and moreover wants you to talk to him and share things with him. God, the creator of the universe, is interested in you. So why is that so important to him? Uh, it's kind of like the difference between uh, reading a book about someone and and sitting down to have a one-on-one conversation with that person. 
God wants the conversation. He doesn't want the book. And the reason why is that God is intensely interested in you. Listen to these verses from Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you. He who watches over you will not slumber. Instead, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I love this psalm because it reminds me of something that I too easily forget. God is always with me. But it's, it's more than that. It's that God is interested in me. God won't let me slip. He, he won't fall asleep on me. He, he protects me. He even gives me shade from the sun. He will watch over my life. This is not a description of a God who doesn't want to hear from me, who doesn't want to have a conversation with me. This instead is the description of a God who wants to be with me all of the time. And let's be honest, nobody wants to be with me all of the time. Can we just marvel for a second at the fact that God is this interested in us? I can't think of anyone that is this interested in me, but my God is. And then here's the even crazier thing. We are invited in prayer to talk with God about anything and everything that is going on in our lives. From James 5, 13 through 16. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. On every occasion, we are encouraged to come before our God. He wants to hear about what is going right and what is going wrong. He wants to be called into every situation, the situations where we feel helpless. He wants to celebrate with us when we feel joy. God wants us to openly share our lives with Him. Why? Because the more we share with him and incorporate him into our everyday lives, the more we carry on a conversation with him, the more he knows us and the more we know him. God wants to be a part of our lives, not just a little part, not just a part sometimes, but all the time. And just think about what happens when we call God in different situations. When we do this, we begin to look for what he is going to do. Instead of going about our business and, and, and hoping for the best, when we call God into our lives, we begin to pay attention to where he is and what he is doing. 
We, we see him work in ways that are expected and unexpected. We find that he gives us peace in situations where we have no business having peace. We see him move and act, and we are drawn closer to him. So church prayer is an all-encompassing relational tool for God in us. It's not the special china that you only bring out at Christmas. It's the everyday dishes, the stuff that is worn and broken in. So here is the bottom line for us. God is not going to know us as well if we do not talk to Him. And we will not know Him as well if we do not carry on conversations with Him. And God is waiting for you to engage Him. From Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Understand what Jesus is saying to us here. There is an open invitation and a promise to us. The invitation is for us to come before God. The promise is that God will hear us and he will respond. But it's the why that I want us to pay attention to. He responds because he is a good father and he loves you. He wants wants to help you. He wants you to knock at his door. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to want more of him. He wants you to desire him more fully. God wants you to talk to him because he knows that if you talk to him, if you open yourself up to him in conversation, then your relationship with him cannot help but grow. Prayer connects us to our God. So here's my challenge for you this week. I challenge you to pay attention to your prayers. When do you pray? What are you praying for? Why are you praying that? Where are your prayers coming from? And here's an important one in the middle of all of this. Are you making time to pray or are you praying while you're just not doing something else? You see the difference? Like, it's great. It's great to pray while you're in the car driving somewhere. Do that. But make time to pray and be fully present with God. And don't be fully present in the car because you have to watch the road. But you hear what I'm saying. Make time to talk to God whether it's when you wake up first thing in the morning or before you go to bed or both. And invite God into all that is happening in your lives. Pray in the car. Pray on your way to other things. Pray before meeting. Some of you I know are so tired and worn out with work. Pray to God before you enter another Zoom. Celebrate with him. Lean on him. This week, I'll have some uh, devotionals for you to think about prayer, to engage prayer, to uh, bring prayer more fully into your life.
Prayer is the rich well in the relationship with our God that we can dig into that will help us to know God and will help him to know us better. So as we close, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you want to know us. And God, we want to know you. Thank you for the tool of prayer because God, you are the one who makes it work. You are the one who invites us to engage you, the one who listens to us, the one who cares about our lives, as remarkable as that sounds. Father, may we come to you in all things. And may our relationship with you be stronger because we are carrying on this conversation with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.